Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a weekly show discussing all of the changes happening in Google Workspace. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. We have a very, very special guest that we've been teasing you about for weeks with us this week. But before we get into that, let's have Steve run through the topic. Steve, take it away. Sure. So we had quite a few topics, uh, well, releases this week uh, that came out, uh, nine in total. And the first one that we have is that uh, Google Chat rooms are now becoming spaces. So one that uh, Google talked about a while back is now uh, coming uh, GA to everyone, as well as uh, those on consumer accounts as well. Uh, We also have, uh, which, uh, you know, correlates to our special guest this week, uh, a lot of new Google Meet hardware devices that were announced. Um, so that is uh, kind of a little hint there as to whom we have on this week for our uh, our interview. And uh, Google Forms, next one is getting a little bit easier to navigate. We also have uh, the ability to restore a page via version history in Google Sites. Uh, and moving into Google Classroom, there's an activity with new audit logs, view adoption, and other metrics with BigQuery activity logs available. And uh, there's new effects in the settings panel for Google Meet. Uh, There's a new look and feel for Google Workspace apps, and that is rolling out to Android, which is the Material U uh, look and feel. Uh, You can now also review presentations more quickly with a new viewing interface on Google Slides for the iOS app. And then finally, we have the ability to uh, end meetings for all uh, within the security investigation tool. And, uh, you know, so I saw a lot of uh, education admins asking about when they were going to start seeing that uh, over in one of the uh, currents. Yes, currents is still active and uh, <laughs> being used. Uh, there's a pretty active EDU uh, uh, community over there, and they were wondering when that was going to be coming out. That's just... Uh, rolling out uh, last couple of days. So I think most uh, customers start seeing that in the next couple of weeks. And then finally, uh, just on other topics that we saw over the last week, is that there are a few other ways uh, that, um, it's just kind of uh, interesting here that this is an article, uh, well, as in, I think we're looking or linking to an old one here, uh, but it's a couple ways that uh, Google Workspace helps IT admins safely use BYOD. It's one from last year, I think, got announced um, again recently. Unless uh, I'm trying to figure out, Jesse, is that something that you added in there? Ah, this we'll, we'll is, I believe, that. off of the new Workspace uh, um, area of the. It's like the sales site of Workspace, but it's. Um, displaying different articles in ways that businesses can help with return to the office and, uh, you know, hybrid work and things like that. And so it was one of the ones that was in there exactly. that they were re-highlighting. So okay. I thought it was something good that we could throw in there. Yeah, I noticed the uh, the G Suite reference. I was actually like, like, why does this still called uh, G Suite? But you know what? Actually, I'm looking at the article. Uh, one of our previous Googlers that we interviewed, Emery, uh, he is one of the authors of that article. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that as well later on. Um, but getting into our main uh, kind of topic for this week, <laughs> our main ga- our, you know guest speaker, um, why don't uh, why don't you just see intro our guest, whom we've spoken to many many times in the past, but uh, not on the podcast. 
We have indeed. And uh, today we have with us an amazing Googler and all around awesome friend to the realm, David Rosenthal. David is the GTM strategy at Google, which, as we've seen with all Google titles, is somewhat ambiguous. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit about what that means. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I, I've been looking forward to this for a, for a number of weeks now, so I'm glad we got uh, scheduling knocked out. I think 37, 37 say, weeks, right? <laughs> so 37 yeah. episodes, so here we are. <laughs> I, I am hugely disoriented by the fact that we're not on video right now. Like this is probably the first kind of audio only event that I've had in like nine months. So I keep on feeling like I'm trying to locate my video tab. <laughs> it's a tactic I'm using to keep you off balance so that you'll uh, give us more Google secrets. It, it's working. <laughs> well, as soon want, as we are. Do you want Sundar's home phone number? Please. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, as soon as we are able, we will be able to start doing uh, video. Uh, I got to finish doing some construction on my garage to turn it into a proper home studio and then uh, get somebody to help edit because, man, video is way harder to edit than audio is. But uh, we will get there and then we'll have to have you back on for a more comfortable sit down fireside chat with the great David Rosenthal. Awesome. <laughs> um, do you want to give us a little intro about what you do as GTM strategy, what you're kind of responsible for? Obviously, we've got you here to talk about uh, Google Meet hardware. And in my experience, you are basically the guy to go to who basically knows it all when it comes to this stuff. So um, why don't you give us a rundown there? Super. So what, what GTM strategy means at, at Google is I, I sit basically in between a number of different organizations, engineering, product management, sales, and, and partner, and basically make sure the things that we're building from a product perspective or what customers are asking for and to make sure that, that once we build those products that are partners and customers and, and, and support entities are, are well-skilled and well-tooled to be able to deliver and support these products. It's, it's pretty cross-functional. It allows me to work with a, a bunch of amazing groups of, uh, of people at Google and with our, our extended ecosystem, which is where I met you too. That sounds awesome. How did you get into a role like that? Completely by accident. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I started off as a uh, consultant for the Google Voice team before they launched the product and uh, just just sort of ended up working on more projects and more teams. And um, honestly, it's been a great honor to, to, to work on all the different projects I've worked on at Google thus far. And, and uh, you know, the years, the years early. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's the whole reason why we started this podcast in the first place is Google's been at a fever pitch since the pandemic hit and uh, it's has no signs of slowing down. And and when you said you're, you know, you're working as a consultant with Google, that was primarily around collaboration and all the um, voice products and other other kind of components there. Like what was the what was your, been your history to Google leading up to where I, you're at I now? Yeah, that was just my sort of entry into the organization. I've been, uh, I'm an employee now. I just started as a consultant for the voice team because the, uh, the engineering team that was working on voice didn't have a ton of, uh, business voice over IP experience. And I'd spent a number of years at a variety of companies doing specifically that. So, um, we got matched up and, uh, the match worked. Nice. Yeah, I remember. I know. Um, you know, all the, the meetings that we've had around, 
you know, in the past have always been very voice focused and like your knowledge of voice and VoIP and all that stuff is just, uh, you know, uh, extensive. So just kind of curious to, uh, explore what that background was for, for those that uh, don't quite know, uh, where you, your background comes from. Yeah, I mean, before before I worked at um, before I came to Google, um, I worked for Cisco. Um, before that, I worked for a, a company got, called Broadsoft that was purchased by Cisco. I did some extended CRM startups. I worked at a semiconductor company. I worked at Texas Instruments doing VoIP semiconductors. So I, I bounced around in in the various aspects of voice equipment and voice service for, for a number of years before, before landing at my forever home. And then, you know, looking at, uh, this last week's announcements, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of new Google meet hardware equipment coming out. Um, not just, uh, meet hardware, but also some accessories and then some, uh, some very interesting kind of WebEx interoperability. So, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of some of this new hardware, you know, I, we, we, Jesse and I kind of knew that uh, there was going to be something <laughs> new coming on the Jamboard side of things and something big, you know, screen wise was going to be coming. Um, so of course we kind of expected that, uh, that, that board 65 to be out. Uh, I think we've had some talks about, you know, smaller screen sizes there where that, that desk 27 kind of fits into that category, replacing some of the, uh, Chrome bases that we've seen in the past, which I, I've, I mean, the Chrome base, I think is an amazing, uh, form factor that I just, I don't see people taking as, as much advantage of as they can. And those kind of small meeting rooms that you often see in, in companies, uh, spaces, you know, I'm seeing, you know, a lot of those in the building I'm at now. And, you know, we just, we don't really have anything on there on the wall. It'd be great to kind of see a device like that, um, sitting on the wall where you can, you know, start to join meetings, things like that. So, um, yeah. So where did we see, where did some of these new form factors come from and, uh, what kind of, you know, input that you have in deciding, uh, you know, you know, what, what form factors kind of choose as, uh, as a go to market here. Gotcha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna up level that question a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm also gonna gonna up level the snark a little bit. Um, okay. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's so, what we're here for. So, so so one of the things that that we think about a lot um, because Google is a very you know meeting heavy, uh, collaboration heavy you know kind of subculture. And one thing is one thing we think about a lot is how do we make meetings less soul crushing. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, having, having a good online meeting for 30 minutes, like it's just not that complicated. You've got some codecs, you've got some voice quality, you throw some, some, you know, headsets and mics at that and you, you can, you can have a high quality meeting. But, um, to do that all day, day in and day out is really soul crushing. So, um, one of the things that we really think about is how do we attach how do we attach the right piece of hardware for the right piece of, for the right situation? Um, how do we how do we make meetings more effective? How do we um, potentially do things that um, decrease the frequency and the duration of meetings? Right. Sometimes meetings aren't necessarily the best solution for a, a collaboration problem. So so those are all the types of things that that get thought about. Like, uh, 
uh, as part of the Google Workspace communication collaboration team, right? So there are probably 3,000 people in that organization that are really focused on, you know, making collaboration better across all the different um, methods that you have within Workspace to collaborate. So we'll talk about today the um the the two new devices that that we announced last week and we'll also talk about some of the other enhancements and some of the accessories um the two things that that were are the biggest focus on last week in last week's announcement is the expansion of the series 1 product portfolio um, so Google launched the Series One product portfolio as as the first iteration of our uh, internally designed um, meeting room hardware kits. So uh, we launched this kit with Lenovo in October, December of uh, uh, of last year, and it had a couple groundbreaking components. Um, one of which was a, a TPU, uh, an, an on-device TPU that did multi-channel noise cancellation and, and, and also some ML-driven um, uh, zooming and auto-framing. So that was great. It was it, it landed it landed well given the fact that um, you know 100% of our customers were working from home at that time and there wasn't a huge demand for uh, for meeting room kits. Now as we transitioned that that initial landing, uh, it became very aware, uh, very apparent to us that um, other form factors were needed. So um, the first device that we're going to talk about today is the Desk 27 which is a 27-inch all-in-one, meaning it's got uh, a screen, touchscreen capable, uh, a camera, a speaker driver, and uh, and microphone, and obviously the control function all within the same device. Um, it's intended to either sit on a desktop or in a one or two person telephone uh, room. It's it's really not um, it's not big enough to be in in rooms much larger than that, and it's intended to be um, a dedicated meeting device. However, um, the sort of sleeper feature in in the Desk Twenty Seven is it's the first device that um, Google is bringing to market that supports BYOD mode, which means you can take your laptop and uh, you can connect it directly to the Desk 27. And the Desk 27 can act as um, your external monitor. Um, and it also means that you can run guest applications from other meeting room service, uh, meeting services like um, Zoom and WebEx and Teams and GoToMeeting and all of the other uh, variety of, of services that are out there. And you can leverage the high quality audio and video peripherals as well as the amazing screen uh, on the Desk 27. Um, this, the screen is probably what is what is most amazing about this new device. It's really kind of quite breathtaking when you when you use it. It's like a piece of technology that you want to have excuses to use because it's so del- delightful. I remember the the previous Chrome base, which I think was uh, was an Acer, if I recall. I mean, you know, that was obviously came out quite some time ago, but the screen was a lot smaller, and you know, of course, the quality of that screen, I'm sure, is nothing even close to what this new what it's going to be um and which i also i'm thinking can this um 
Series 1 Dust 27 be wall mounted as well and not just on the base that we see in the screenshots? Yep. So, okay. so it comes bundled with a base, but the base connects to the base um, mount. Back. Yeah, no, the, the base connects to the VESA mount. Yeah. And so you can remove the VESA mount it. and then it, it'll it'll mount to any standard uh, VESA mount. Awesome. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you mentioned the screen and using it. I was mentioning to Steve yesterday when we were planning for this that to me, it almost looked like the Chrome OS version of an iMac, except that it's, I mean, it, while it is running Chrome OS, it's not going to be gen- generally used as an all-in-one by itself unless you plug in a monitor. Is that right? Or can you just go back into Chrome OS mode and use it as a regular Chrome desktop? No. So the, these new generation of, of Chrome devices, we're sort of moving away from the concept of is this in Chrome mode or is this in meat mode? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're doing this for, for a number of reasons. Um, number one, we want to have a little bit tighter control over the Chrome version that is that is bundled with these. So, you know, as of uh, last re- uh, release, these are... Um, specific forks of the Chrome operating system. Um, and that allows us, because we're doing um, less Chrome builds per year, allows us to go deeper from a testing perspective to make sure that they're purpose-tested for um, a more complete set of the meat use cases. Just allows us to have you know, more robust reliability in the field. Um, so these new devices are only going to operate in um, meet kiosk mode. Uh, so there's no kind of like, you know, special shark mode or whatever that was before with Chrome converting Chrome devices uh, for meetings to standard Chrome devices. So that's that's not good, possible. Goodbye, good, goodbye, Control Alt S. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, Control S, and then it was Control H. Alt Shift H to uh, convert it. Yeah, exactly. Convert it into a Chrome OS mode. Well, you did mention that you can use it as an external monitor though. So there is still that option on there, but it's pretty expensive for just an external monitor. No, it's super expensive for an an (laughs) external monitor. We would, we would, we would never, you know, I I mean, I say that I'm sitting in front of a $5,000 Cisco desk (laughs) pro that I'm just using as a external monitor right now. But, um, you know, it, it, its primary purpose is to be a dedicated meeting device. So in terms of the utility for it, like if you spend, you know, 60, 70, 80 percent or, or more of your work week in soul crushing meetings, right, this is a great device for yeah. you. If you only spend, you know, if you're mostly a creative person um, and you're spending, you know, the majority of your time writing documents, email, doing design stuff, get yourself a 34 inch, you know, external, you know, 4K monitor uh, for, you know, a third of the price. Yeah. And, you know, when you speak of that large screen solution there, that's what I have. So I have a 43 inch Dell monitor that is my primary device. And the, the new device that came out, which I found kind of really interesting because I actually, I do find myself doing this from very often, like maybe half the number of meetings I've been doing the last year, I actually run from my phone because I'm moving around the the house or, you know, I want to be, you know, setting up little different angles and I have, you know, a little a table um, mount here where my phone sits. And then I, you know, run my normal uh, screen on the big 43 inch. And you've actually released um, through a third party, this uh, Raz Rally Pro, 
which essentially makes it, you know, amplifies the sound and has a little mount for the phone to be able to run those meetings and also have your big screen if you want. So I found that was really interesting because that's how I actually have been running half my meetings is through my phone uh, in addition to my big screen that I have. And I think you're a little weird, Steve. I, I agree with you. I was <laughs> you like, what? But Why? yeah, that's, that's what I do. I, I do that. I have my phone sitting here next to me on my right and I'm a big screen in front of me. And that's, I did that for three interviews today. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what I do. You, you know, different strokes to world, well, yeah, the world. But someone but I, someone I, there I, thought of it, right? So there's, there's a solution. I'm going to get one of these as soon as it comes out. The, the, the intent of that device is, is to be a travel device. Okay, that's right? what I figured. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 goal, the goal for the Raise Rally Pro was absolutely for you to stick in your laptop bag and for you to be able to have high quality meetings using your phone's 4 and 5G connection when you're at a hotel not when you're at your house. Um, when you're when you're at the when you're at your house, there are there are other options for you, Steve. That maybe we should talk about. I, I, um, I use them all, but I, I I use that one pretty often. Like that that setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 you know the point is it get, it brings a much higher fidelity for audio um, from your mobile um, if you're in a position where you're. Um, where you only have mobile and it allows you to keep, uh, keep charge of your mobile phone, you know, obviously running real time video, um, is just a huge battery drain. So it's a really good way if you're in a hotel room or, or away from home and you're in, on, in meetings all day long that you're not, you know, sucking the juice out of your, uh, out of your phone. But if you're, if you're at your permanent desk, I, I think there are better options. Yeah, I actually thought it would be a perfect option for our founder. He's an older gentleman and he is very old school in terms of technology, but he's never actually used a computer. Uh, the only thing he does use is his iPad and his iPhone. And we've gotten him to the point where he joins meetings, but again, it's still only from his iPad or his iPhone. And I've gotten him a couple of different speaker attachments over the years. When I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm buying that, like Steve said, in an instant, but for a much better use case where he literally only right, takes meetings right, from his right. phone. And we got to rank on Steve when we can, but you know, that's, that's perfect for him because it's going to give him that much better, higher fidelity sound. And, um, I mean, he, he doesn't have any kind of a headset that he uses. He just yells at the phone. And so this will help do a lot more of the noise canceling and, and pick up a lot better. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that as well. For sure. All right. Where do we want to go next, Jesse? Yeah. You want to go to the big board, the 65? <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, no. Actually, before we we jump off um, to 27, let me just run you through some availability um, uh, dates on yeah. it. So, That's a good idea. So we'll be, we'll be uh, we non- uh, announced the product last week. It'll be, um, we'll be delivering some test units to um, a few select um, alpha testers next month. There'll be a more seating. seating. Jesse, it's a good thing we're on that list. (laughs) (laughs) We better be. You, you, that, that, that one's just four or five customers and that's, that's consumed already. Um, but starting in, um, November, we'll be running a seating program where we'll be, we'll have access to a little bit more inventory and then the uh, initial channel load for, you know, mass market will be, will be in December. So, so we do expect that, um, 
uh, frugal IT organizations who have uh, sizable budgets left available at the end of the year will be able to take advantage um, of uh, of the desk twenty seven. And it will be, and it will retail at one nine 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 MSRP, and it takes a standard Google Meet hardware license. There now is. we can go to the big boy. <laughs> so, abandoning the uh, the Jamboard name as a product name and uh, going all in on the Series One, I see. I, I mean, th- those were branding decisions. I think what we wanted to do um, was a couple of different a couple of different things. Number one, Jamboard as an app is available mm-hmm. on all of our platforms, right? You can use it on an iPad, you can use it on your computer, you can use it on Meet Hardware. So we're really sort of taking the brand cachet of the Jamboard and allowing it to live in perpetuity, um, you know, for the app. Uh, the Jamboard app will run on the Series 1 Desk 27. It will run on the Series 1 Board 65. So we're really sort of looking at Jamboard and saying, you are not a device anymore. You are a function. You are an application. And we right. want that application to be able to be run on all these different types of hardware. Um, now, specifically for the uh, Desk 27 and the Board 65, we're making whiteboarding a much more critical path function. Um, so it uh, the ability to start a uh, whiteboard session is surfaced much more actively. It's not it's not buried in you know more actions menu. It's it's right up front. So it is start a meeting. You kind of see end that meeting, in the screenshot of the twenty seven on the article, yeah, so, right? So, so there's like that. Yeah, it looks a little bit more obvious there. Sure. Yeah, so I think we're really doubling down on the concept of whiteboarding um, and think it should be a part of more meetings and not just in the special Jamboard room. Nice. Well, we saw the uh, purchase of, what was it, PlaySpace last week? Play something that, uh, Steve, do you remember the name of it? Uh, yep. Yeah. That was it, right? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. That was uh, that was that was a small acquisition, sort of more of an aqua hire. I figured, um, and 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 those folks are are being um, you know moved into the workspace product and engineering organizations. Well, as far as moving you know whiteboard more to the forefront here, they really look like they've got an excellent product here in terms of the the DJ capability and everyone um, working together on on one person's screen, which my CEO has asked for dozens of times, hundreds of times. And so in one of the topics that we talked about was play space is, uh, the name and uh, mm-hmm. play, play dot space. If anyone wants to check it out, that didn't listen to last uh, week's episode, uh, just now we're kind of debating whether, you know, the timeline in terms of when we might start to see some of the features that we're seeing from play space integrated into some of the Google products. How soon do you think David, you might, we might see some of that functionality, even if you know, like, like maybe the first feature, um, is it something that we're looking at end of year, maybe next year, or do you not quite know, uh, when we might see some of that functionality come over to Google directly? 
I, I thought you promised not to try and trick me into revealing <laughs> things that weren't on the public roadmap. I thought that, I thought that was on the public road. No, it's not. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I think I think that it's unlikely that you'll you'll see um, that that stuff in in calendar twenty one. Um, I would look I would look for those things to be uh, you know to start showing up in, in directional roadmaps after that. I mean, yeah. you know, kind of what bringing we were people saying. into the. Yeah. Yeah, into the Google fold, and then and and then you know these most of these things have to get rebuilt in Google infrastructure, so it's not an overnight thing. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right. So back to the Series One board sixty five. Where else did you want to go with that? Gotcha. So so it's from a from a software perspective, it's pretty similar to the uh, software and functional perspective. It's pretty similar to the the twenty seven. Right. It's an all in one. Um, it's got a significantly larger um, array of microphones, um, which means it can identify more noise sources. It can filter more noise sources. Um, it's got a, a TPU on it that can identify uh, TPUs or TensorFlow processing units. It's the edge processor that we use in all of Google Cloud, um, including search. Um, and we can identify something like 45 different individual noise sources and on the chip, um, identify whether or not that's a human voice or a bag of chips or a cat and filter out everything else. So we're pretty excited about, um, about bringing that audio to a conference room all in one form factor. Um, this will be quite a bit bigger. Than uh, than the Jamboard, both in in terms of physical space as well as um, diagonal viewable. Um, oh, it's wow. 65, 65 as opposed to fifty five. Um, while that doesn't sound like a lot, it's actually the difference between whether or not two people can kind of collaborate on on an interactive flat panel at the same time um, without being being crowded. So that's one of the reasons why we uh, why we upsize this, uh, and also that we wanted to be able to uh, watch football on it. Um, so <laughs> so it's it's the screen and device is upsized, and the stand was downsized um, to make sure that it was more transportable. I, I was going to ask um, you about it because you know. I recently received a, a Jamboard with the the stand and everything, and now they're huge. They're they're huge, but you know what? They <laughs> they somehow the way that the stand was designed in terms of short legs and long legs, it it allowed you to eventually figure out how to get it through a do- normal door frame if you could figure out the angles. So I was curious because it was such a tight fit before with the 55, like how did you figure it out with the 65 now? So it's obviously you've thought about that and it still works. So that's great. Yeah. So, so funny story. It fits through your door in, in Chicago, um, in, in a, a, a Victorian, uh, you know, sort of Victorian architecture in England, um, for some of those office buildings, the stands do not fit. So we did a uh, not insignificant amount of research with um, a bunch of architectural firms just to figure out exactly what the um, maximum size of those stands were. So um, we, we spent a lot of time with partners uh, trying to figure out what that needed to look like to make sure that the um, board was safely held, but also that you could navigate it in and out of rooms relatively easily. Nice. 
I love hearing about the behind the scenes things that had to take place to develop this stuff. It, it, it always, some of the things kind of like, you know, that we, we deal with in building products, you never would think that, that are actual issues. And those end up being the, the more problematic ones. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> and, and this series one board 65 now has a actually dedicated camera. I mean, the other, the, you know, the previous gen board had a yeah, camera in there, but it's more pronounced in terms of it's like a separate little, you know, top to it there. Um, it's, much it's better. More pronounced. like. Is what 12 it's me- 12. also very good. Yeah. It's a it's a 12 megapixel camera, um, which means we can do so. It's 12 meg- megapixel 4K camera, as you know. The the meat backend does 720p, and that allows us to do a little bit greater than 4x digital zoom uh, of 4K without um, any kind of quality uh, without right? any, any quality yeah. degradation. Exactly. Does that mean um, I shouldn't expect any kind of 1080 on meat for a long time now? It will. It was brought up, you know, it was brought up in Q and A <laughs> of the event last week, and I think oh, I missed it because it was on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, offline. Still, I gotta still, rewatch it. Still being considered by Google. <laughs> they're still thinking about it, and they're always going to make improvements when they can. That's what they uh, say. Uh, Standard response. Perfect non-answer. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I can give you a little bit more more commentary to that answer. So if if we were given a trade off, and and we could say. And, and at zero cost to Google, right? You can, you can increase, um, press a button and increase to 1080p right now. Um, we probably wouldn't, um, because, you know, we obviously see the return channel of all of the, all, all meeting quality for everybody that uses meat. And so much of the, diminished quality that we see out there is because of old junky laptops. And if we increased, um, meet to 1080, um, you know, and, and, and sort of push that out as the default, all of a sudden we would be making that problem 33% worse for people that are already having, you know, already kind of suffering through, um, you know, bad meetings because of, uh, you know, kind of old, old junky laptops. So it's really important for us to make sure that in default settings, everybody has a relatively good, um, meet experience. And once we get to a place where, and, and I, I believe the engineering team does have a threshold for like, you know, minimum level of quality for, you know, the 75th percentile or however we want to, you know, determine that, then, then we will actively drive, um, the progression to 1080. But it's really not about our capabilities of cloud or, or anything like that. It's really about what the impact is on, um, the devices that our users are using. Well, of course, Google is able to do it. I mean, look at what what processing is done on the fly with all of the YouTube uh, videos in various uh, sizes. But I would feel that similar to, well, a certain unnamed competitor where you would just have a checkbox to turn it on for yourself. You know, why couldn't we offer something like that for those of us that are running a monster workstation and can handle 45 feeds in 1080 as well as outputting in 4K or 1080? Be, and then everyone else man- can consume it in less. <laughs> be, be, because, Jesse, we're managing a product for hundreds of millions of people, not two. Well, of course, but there's lots of people like me that want to have a better quality video. 
Yeah. And then everyone else you ought to default down to receive it less in lower quality. No, I, I, it, I agree. It's not an incredibly <laughs> difficult problem to solve. It's just um, it's just sort of where we at where we are at on our prioritization perspective. But but I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up on a roadmap sometime soon. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll let it lay now for a little while. I bring it up every couple of months I'm, I'm, just to I'm see if I can poke the bear. You know, sometime <laughs> soon. That sounds that sounds promising to me. It does. It does. I will hold on to that uh, dearly until the next time I get frustrated by this. <laughs> okay. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the Raise Rally Pro. So we talked about what that was. I think that was our kind of next item on the hardware uh, topics here. But then not quite hardware, but more about um, functionality was the, that WebEx interoperability if we're kind of... Uh, ready to move on to the next topic here. Yeah, before before we get off into interoperability, which which I think is the most important thing, um, let's let's talk a little bit about the um, the Logitech Rally Bars. Um, so these are these are the next generation of the meetups. Um, they're soundbar form factors. They're intended. They still require a Chromebox. Um, so these are just um, audio and video devices. Um, but our sense is that there's a lot of value for these form factors in kind of flexible, um, uh, flexible conference room designs. Like we think that, um, we think that there's going to be a lot of flux, um, in how conference rooms are set up and the soundbar form factor, both, both large and mini allow you to be really flexible and not have to, um, not have to pull cable. And, and we think that that's going to be a really nice hedge for AV managers who aren't quite sure what return to office is going to look like in terms of conference room density and, and AV requirements. And it's just, it's kind of another arrow in the AV manager's quiver to allow really quick and flexible setup of um, spaces um, while we're still trying to figure out what, what return to office looks like. And I think there's some upcoming uh, webinars that are going to talk a little bit more about those Logitech devices in a little bit more depth. And I think um, David, who or Dave um, Citron, who did the webinar last week, is going to be part of that, isn't he? This is yeah, coming up so, the 21st of <laughs> September. He's, he's doing it... Um, uh, he's doing it with Scott Wharton. So funny story. I was, uh, I started my career as an intern at a, a company that, um, Scott was a, uh, junior product manager at. Um, so it is this, this whole kind of AV invoice industry is very <laughs> small. Yeah. Um, so Scott's fabulous and I'm really looking forward to, um, him and him and Dave's performance, um, because they're both really smart and really dynamic guys. And I think, uh, uh, I think that's going to be a super fun event to watch. Oh, nice. Okay, good. I'm going to definitely, I haven't signed up for it yet, but I'm actually in the middle of doing it right now. <laughs> Make sure to include a link in the notes. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Right, I, am, so, I am signing up for that right now, so that's why I can't talk. <laughs> quit, uh, quit signing up and let's keep going on the podcast here. You know, we want to talk about the uh, interoperability and what a big change that is 
you know, it's it's been, I imagine, a long time coming. And it's nice to see that we've reached a point technologically and from an in- infrastructure standpoint where, and I guess a business need, that we're starting to see the companies such as Google and others play nicely together. Yeah, I, I think that we're, you know, in a period of transitioning to really, really kind of respecting what, what the users want and need. So interoperability has been near the top um, of all of the meet, meet and meeting hardware um, requests for for a while now. Uh, and it has just taken a significant amount of both uh, partner and alliance work as well as technical work to get um, to get these products to start to, to talk together. Because when you, when you think about interoperability, right, you're not, it's not a one-time thing. It's a long-term commitment to work with people that you are mostly competing with. So it's actually very challenging to do from an engineering perspective and from an alliance perspective. Um, the first iteration uh, uh, of this is, uh, I'm talking on right now. So, um, our, our Cisco interoperability, um, allows you to run meet from Cisco devices. Like I'm talking on a, uh, on a Cisco desk pro right now and also allows you to run WebEx on meet devices. Um, this is something that is, will be GA in, um, a couple months now. Um, and, uh, there are almost all of the functions work. There are, there are some restrictions like in terms of whiteboarding and things that are, you know, extra kind of hardware proprietary, but all of the, uh, all of the calendar, one touch joins, mute, all the things that are important for making sure, you know, uh, the just standard user can have a high quality meeting on either of these types of devices are, um, are all up and working now. So we're, we're super excited about this. Um, the next obvious question are, is, is, you know, what are you doing about, about Teams and Zoom? And, and so we don't have specific dates on that yet. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the, those are the, the, the next two biggies. Mm-hmm. So I would keep an eye out in the news and when we are ready to announce changes to, um, our, our interoperability portfolio, um, you guys will be the first to know. So how does, so can you ex- let's explain a little bit of the, the difference between the current interoperability functionality of PEXIP compared to this new WebEx interoperability? Um, sounds like it, it goes a step further in terms of, you know, is there, there's no third party solution required for this interoperability, um, so like there's that, a little bit more functionality available now as well, or what's, what's that? No, 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 I would say there's a little bit, there's a little bit less functionality, less. Okay. right? Okay. I, I, I think, you know, partnerships like Pexip are, are important to Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, Pexip does more than just Cisco devices. Right. Um, yeah. It's basically and, everything and, except H three two three. Right. So it's any service. It's so it can do. The yeah. Zoom, it can do the team. It's right? poly devices. Yeah. It's D ten right. devices. It's neat devices. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if you were, there, yeah. if you're on Zoom and you you know you have big um, you know meeting room installation in that's a, a mix of things. You don't want to rebuy all of that hardware, right? Pexip's a very important piece of that of that solution. So, um, 
That said, I think there are four very specific use cases, um, like the Cisco one that we're talking about. There, there will be some native solutions, um, and and these things are fluid and will change over time. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge deal, and I, I look forward to seeing kind of how that continues to evolve as the different partners start to say, okay, well, we can't just continue on our own independent paths. We're seeing it in other spaces as well. Google is a, a big partner in the Matter protocol, which is in the smart home space of uh, the big players all have all kind of gotten together on a new communications protocol for all of those devices. And I think that as you know things continue to mature, we're going to see this through through more areas of uh, technology and devices. Maybe Apple will start playing nicely with people. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be nice to see. The, the funny thing is that that you know interoperability and openness also you know create security exposure. Um, so so yep. the question is how do you balance how do you balance safety um, and and protection and and still allow these devices to talk to cloud services? I think you know there's there's always things that are going to be um, that that we're going to want to do next. Um, but it is always important to keep our eye on on safe meetings as well. Yeah, I just uh, interviewed Dr. Eric Cole, who um, is a professional hacker, cyber uh, consultant, and um, used to work for the CIA, whole thing. And so he has a, a statement in the book where he uh, that he just wrote that he says that basically when you, as you add functionality, you decrease security. So if you want something to be perfectly secure, sure, but it's, it's going to be a rock. It's not going to be able to do anything, right? Totally offline, no functionality. And you're right. So as you open up these devices for more and more things, there is that huge element of security. And it's only getting harder and harder to protect our devices, um, both from a standpoint of us opening them up to more things, as well as the bad guys getting better at what they do. For sure. Okay. Do we have uh, anything else that we wanted to touch base on? We've uh, had quite an interview here. From You've exhausted all of my information, Jesse. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll squeeze you for more later, I yeah. guess. I'm sure there's a lot more <laughs> info available to yourself. Oh, I know there us, is. Of course. <laughs> yeah uh, no it's been great I um, it, yeah as, as you kind of uh, said early in the interview David uh, it's been a long time coming we've been uh, wanting to kind of find the right moment to kind of have you on and I think this is the, was the perfect time I think um, throughout the year we've had a lot of updates uh, you know of course announced but this one of course was I, I really think the, the critical one to align with uh, your background and I'm glad to have you on so close to that uh, hardware announcement last week. So it's been a pleasure as always uh, speaking with you and, um, you know, uh, next time something comes out, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to speak with you about it in more detail. Yeah. I mean, thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks for, and, and thanks to the both of you for helping spread the word. Oh, absolutely. This is something that we love and we know a lot of our fans love. And uh, yeah, as Steve was saying, you're a wealth of information. So it's about time that we got you on and hopefully this won't be the last. Super. Thanks a lot. Talk to you guys soon. All right. All righty. Thank you again to David Rosenthal for joining us on the show. He's always been a fantastic wealth of information and resource for the community. And now, after about 40 some odd minutes of an interview and our intro, let's take you into the actual topics of the week. Steve, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so 
here we are back at our updates and uh, going into uh, the first one that we had uh, last week, which is that Google chat rooms are now going to be spaces. And Woo-hoo. this, uh, yeah, we got to get that on a little uh, soundboard. <laughs> Well, little, you won't know when I want to do it. I got to get a soundboard of my own. Yeah, well, then no, no. Well, then I can just press the button whenever I think you know. Oh, we should have a Jesse. Oh, Wahoo sure. Now, right? Yeah. Fake Jesse yeah. excitement. Exactly. I see how it is. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So rooms now becoming spaces. Uh, lots of interesting uh, things happening as this transitions. Uh, the one that I am most interested in, I think. I don't know if you're most interested in, but it's definitely one I'm sure you're interested in, is that um, there's now some calling within uh, within Google Chat. So that is going to be coming. That is pretty, pretty exciting. Although when exactly it's going to be coming <sighs> is still up in the air. Yeah. yeah. So but there's a lot of... Um, you know, there's a whole entire paragraph essentially t- to this in this article, uh, which has two titles. I love how they rationalize it. Well, there's just in the other thing interesting too <laughs> is that we, I think I was talking about this um, when we were going through our updates. Is that the uh, the article that they link to in the update post, which is the upcoming Spaces experience, takes you over to the Google Cloud blog and. Uh, the title that you see is Bridging the Hybrid Work Gaps with Google Workspace, yet the URL is Enabling Hybrid Work with Google Workspace. So I, every time I look at this, and the metadata on the top of the tab says Enabling Hybrid Work with Google Workspace, but the title of the article is different when you look at it and read it. So it's always confusing me. Uh, but that's the article that I'm talking about where it has a whole paragraph dedicated to the uh, Google Meet calling to Workspace functionality. And, uh, you know, it's something that we... What I was referring to there is that they try to spend this whole paragraph on, oh, when you casually bump into a colleague, oh. now you can do that with calling. And I'm like, no, you're just picking up the phone and calling them, yeah. which is yeah. better than saying, hey, are you available? Pause. Yes. Pause. Here's a link. Pause. Forget to click on the link to actually go into the meeting, sit there like an idiot, and then realize, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be in the meet. Open the meet, and then finally you're there, and then talk for 30 minutes about how much you hate the fact that you keep forgetting. Well, maybe not 30 minutes, but it, it, it's <laughs> happened many times that I would rather just freaking call the person directly. Yeah. I know that they're around. I just had a quick question for them. Now, on the flip side of that same coin, one of the things I like about working from home is people can't just stop by. And this lets yeah. them just stop by. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny that they were harping on, uh, oh, yeah, spontaneous. Yes, it is spontaneous. It's somebody calling me. Yeah. Um, another interesting feature there is that companion mode. <laughs> I don't know if you looked at uh, the details of that, but it's uh, just a way to, to host or join a meeting from within a conference room using mm-hmm. your laptop. Uh, while kind of leveraging the in-room audio and video. And uh, for those of you that are in the office. Yeah, and that kind of or going back to the office. Helps uh, you know, automate that transition to the the room equipment without having any kind of audio feedback. Uh, so that's that's pretty pretty cool. So it's interesting to see how people um, are able to figure that one out. It's uh Yeah, <laughs> actually I never had any I never had any room equipment. Well, I'm and yeah. 
I was going to say that I always just, you know, wondered how that would work in a Zoom, not a Zoom, try again. In a, <laughs> we're talking about Zoom before, sorry. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it. Uh, in a Google Meet room where no. you've got your laptop and then you've got um, the the Meet equipment that you're going to be using. And, and you know, it never really felt natural to me because every time I would go into a conference room, I would just plug in my laptop and I'd be presenting. And even if I had a meet on, um, I would still be presenting from my laptop, just standing in front of the room, presenting to the people in the room as well as on the Google Meet. But now this makes a lot more sense as, oh, hey, here's how you can put all that stuff up on the screen, whether you're in the meet or not. It's an easy way to project things up onto the screen without having to need to plug in as yeah. well. So, you know, I think it has multiple uses there and, and could be fun. Well, yeah, the, the one, what were you going to well, say? I was just going to say, um, despite how simple and easy Google meet, uh, equipment is in a room where it has a list of all the meetings coming up and you literally press like one button to select the meeting and then click another button to join. Despite how simple that is, no matter what company I worked in, who I worked with, there were always people that could not figure out video conferencing hardware in a room, <laughs> no matter how simple it was, no matter what system it was, someone always doesn't know how to use video conferencing equipment, despite them working in that company and in that meeting room for months, for years. It's just, it just baffled me. Um, that's just like the one thing that no one can, you know, absolutely figure out ever. Uh, there's always going to be someone that doesn't know how to use meeting room equipment. So I'm really, it's going to be interesting to see how many people can't figure this out because um, I, I can't see it being simpler than what's already out there. <laughs> we shall see, yeah. but I have great faith in the end user's ability to get confused yes, and say, misunderstand. I'm and I'm hoping it's something I can agree with there. <laughs> and yes, it is. It's right. a superpower yes. on their part. Yeah, luckily. So that, uh, luckily, we don't have too many that, end users uh, in our audience, but hey, if you are an end user... Because I just insulted all of them? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah. Um, and then a few other things uh, in this is, you know, the, the hardware release, uh, which... Um, you know, obviously we talked about pretty extensively there with David and where's your sound effect for all of the gold coins raining down <laughs> Yeah, on all that new equipment. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, uh, yeah. cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. yeah. I need some of that. It's not cheap. Um, looking back up though, I was kind of scrolling down that article. I started in the middle there. Let me go back up to the, um, the top actually, cause there was a lot more in terms of the actual spaces functionality. Um, about five different things. New navigation. Yep. I was going to say streamline navigation. You've got discoverable spaces, uh, some enhanced search, you know, some inline topic threading. Oh, threading. I wonder when we, did we didn't we talk about that recently? Uh, that sounds awfully and, familiar. Uh, robust security and admin features. So yeah, if you look at the, uh, the announcement, uh, again, clicking into the announcement under that one upcoming spaces experience link, you will see uh, the the new way that Google is thinking about threading within these spaces. And um, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how people are going to get notified about that. I think it, uh, it looks, you know, pretty obvious in terms of where one of those threads within a space is. Um, I'm just wondering how you're going to be, is it, you know, as a, as a user in that space, 
uh, if you're not part of that new thread, will it be easier for you, easy for you to find those and then follow those and get, you know, alerted that those exist? Uh, that's what I'm wondering about. That's, you know, the, that's the, I don't know, dislike that I have with Slack that it's, it's hard to, uh, to know about those different conversations that are happening in those threads within a, uh, channel over there. So. Well, like we said last time, you know, you get the notifications that something came in and granted they could do a little bit of a better job in indicating that it was a reply to your thread or maybe I just don't use it enough like you uh, to to know that there is a different kind of notification yeah. for that. But here, I don't even see anywhere for, you know, threads to show up. Like in Slack, at least I can click on threads and say, oh, okay, here's all the people that are replying to me. Right. and actually know that that was taking place when I go and check my notifications. In here, I imagine that it'll just be a bold uh, name of the room like it like it does currently when you have mm -hmm. a notification. But <clears throat> where do I, like, will it take me to that reply? What if it was a reply from, you know, much earlier back? Right. Or, yeah. Even I have that problem right now, by the way, with with the chat rooms, as it is currently called. Because somebody will, will respond to one of the current iterations of threading. And if it's several back and the conversation has moved on past that, I have to go and look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really curious how they're going to conquer that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm also really curious how this is going to continue to develop going forward because... It really, I mean, they're all in on the single pane of glass for mail chat and uh, chat rooms slash project experience right. management, everything in one place and video meetings. But I like having chat in a separate window on a separate screen. And I'm a little bit nervous that Google's going to pivot at some point six months from now and be like, yeah, we were just joking about the whole PWA thing. And, you know, not allow me to have that in another screen. And then I'll just have 12 Gmail windows open. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to have it all in one. I want to have mail in one, chat in another, spaces in another, or at least chat and spaces in a different window like it is now. And, I mean, meat can stay in, in the same one as long as it pops up. But I'm, I'm really curious how that's going to manifest. But I guess time will tell. Mm. Yeah, I mean, right now you've got chat rooms, meet, so you've got um, you know those within the PWA itself, and yep. I think that's going to stay. I think that's going to stay there like that. Yeah, I think they'll they'll stick with that for a while. But you know, Google is kind of notorious for that. Although, to his credit, and to the team currently, uh, Javier Soltero and and the team have done a lot to correct that uh, course of action that, that has been taken yeah. in previous uh, previous years. Now, the other thing that I was interested about on here is I we've talked about my immense setup in the past. I've got these big monitors. I like to have things widescreen. You've got what four three columns here technically four yeah and if you open the sidebar of the add-ons which is on the right side with calendar drive keep a voice if you've got it um and uh tasks and plus anything else that your organization installs over there if that's open can threading also be open because the thread window is open right next to it is it a question of width of screen is google taking that into account or can they even know that through a, a PWA or, or through the, the website, like a responsive design. If it's wider than a certain amount, will it, will it split it out and allow you to have even more columns? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I like to have as much info on the page. I, I mean, we're going back to my days of Google Wave when everything was just there, you know? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm also the guy that opens like 18 rows on a spreadsheet widescreen on two different screens. So whatever. 
You gotta get it. I'm a weirdo. You gotta get a 43 inch screen, tiny little hub. I do. I'm drooling over it. I was just like, I've got these monitors. They're beautiful. There's no reason for me to upgrade. Yeah. But maybe when I get a new job, I'll be able to convince the new boss that hey, so I need this twelve hundred dollar monitor, like really badly. Yes, it's worth every penny. It's (laughs) worth it. It's worth it. It's still. It's not as wide as what I've got now. I really would need two of them. So okay. just, you know, just saying in order to, pres- to, to achieve optimal. No, I really wouldn't. One and a half, maybe. <laughs> I'm so, so spoiled. All right, all right. <laughs> no. Moving on. Yeah. There's another interesting uh, link in that article as well, which is a handbook for navigating the hybrid work environment. I think it's like a 17 page article and we've got the link did you read it no i don't know i haven't read it yet uh, i finally read it i i i was in the bathroom and i was like oh this is a good chance to read so long before you came back (laughs) no i told you i was watching the spacex (laughs) launch outside (laughs) um which thankfully took off from hawthorne um which is like i don't know not down the street but far enough that I looked out the window and literally there was a rocket taking off. So pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, a lot of this is uh, salesy, this document. So I almost don't want to recommend it. But on the other hand, there is some very good numbers in here, especially to take back to your management teams, especially if they're the types that are not so in with the whole googly bit and want to see some numbers there's some great stats in there of uh, 83 percent of executives expect to support some level of hybrid which is 70 percent or all remote which is 13 percent work um some some other good quotes in there and uh wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the community and friend of ours andy yates who's the head of strategy over uh, uh, head of strategy and tech ops over at ThoughtWorks. He's got a quote in here. So well done, Andy. We're very proud of you. Always happy to hear when other friends and community members are uh, are involved and uh, given credit where credit is due. Yeah, he's yeah. That quote. So, yeah, go and check the, that out anyway. That quote is in the handbook on page fourteen for anyone looking that, to try isn't to. Isn't that what we're talking about? The handbook. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's in the handbook and not <laughs> yeah uh, on page fourteen. Yep. So if anyone's looking for it. That's where it's at. Yeah, and it's a very it's a very smooth design. So absolutely, if you're looking for some statistics and for some uh, good talking points and some good quotes from people like Andy, um, definitely go and check it out and try not to, um, uh, you know, choke a little bit when you're reading the salesy parts. <laughs> it's kind of what I feel like yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I don't like salesy things. I'm allergic. Um. And see what else we have in this update. There's a lot actually. So scheduling meetings that work across the entire team. So this is you know indicating uh, your virtual or physical presence. Um, going a little bit above and beyond that, which you know Google has already allowed us to do in the past. This is uh, now uh, going to allow you to set your location for each workday and calendar, and that pops up. I think you know I think that uh, has been already a feature for me uh, for mm-hmm. a little while. Um, I think it's, I think you've seen it too, right? Yeah. So on each day you're seeing that. Uh, so that's just kind of, I will say that I have multiple calendars on my calendar and it lists the location for every single one of them, which I get the design choice there. And I would probably make the same decision. Still kind of annoying to have an extra stack of four items at the top of every day in your calendar. Uh, interesting. Have you not noticed it? Oh, now I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I just haven't set up home for a couple of the other ones, but now I see what you mean by, yep, it's showing the home and away location of my 
calendars that I've set that up on, not on the yep. main domain that I'm on. Yeah. I see it. So, but I get it and it's needed. So, you know, we'll give them a yeah. pass. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I can see like, oh, my work self is working from home, but my personal self is in the office. I don't know, or vice versa. <laughs> right. Maybe for your calendar, you wouldn't want to show it. And for other people's, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right. It's the ability to change it on the fly, I think, is what's helpful there. But I yep. just set it as default and mine doesn't really change. So, right. but still. Yep. And we've also got Time Insights are rolling out. Have you seen those yet? Well, I've, I was using it for, I haven't seen it, I think, come back to my accounts yet. But yes, I saw it before. I was using it for a while in the alpha right. and beta uh, release of, uh, of that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I've gotten it in the rapid rollout now oh, nice. um, in my primary domain. And uh, in the past week, I have spent approximately three hours a day in meetings, which is not, not too bad. really, well, that's last week, which I was offline oh, for three days of it. Right. So, <laughs> right. So that was, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. And for this week, the week is young. Yeah. But it's, it's some pretty cool stuff in there. And I think that, uh, well, data nerds are definitely going to love it, but, um, other people that are interested just in kind of, you know, if you like the thing that says, hey, on your iPhone or your Android, your screen time was X, you're going to love this. Um, I think we are ready to go to the next one then, the next update, right? Sounds good to next me. Next update is a quick one. We'll try to make this one quick because it's the hardware update. So all of uh, all of those devices that we just talked about, uh, coming out, you know, uh, I think pretty soon for the, the uh, Series One Desk Twenty Seven, a little bit, uh, a little bit later on the Series One Board Sixty Five, and then uh, I'm actually going to go in order that um, uh, that little uh, Raise Rally I'm Pro. On this. Yeah, it's like two hundred <laughs> bucks for that. Uh, I'm going to grab one of those and have with me because uh, I really like that. I forgot, didn't realize, well, I, yeah, I forgot. I kind of, I was there during the uh, announcement. I think it, did, you know, talked about kind of being able to charge it. But then when David mentioned that, uh, that's another nice little feature of it that it charges both charges. Ones. Your phone will charge the device and yeah. the device will charge your phone. Look at that. Amazing. Amazing. It's pretty clever. Yeah. Um, My only concern with it is, um, at least in the iPhone, rendering that they had there it um it's held up by the charging port and that's going to break pretty quick especially on a travel device there's no uh, support behind it think? that's what it looks like well if it's iphone certified when they have because i think iphones had some devices like that right that were certified for music and things like that and it seemed to last right? yeah yeah the ones that had the wider uh, charging port, the old charging port did, but that's a much wider surface area. This is a little teeny tiny um, lightning charger. So mm. I don't know. Okay. That's what, that's always my concern when I see something like this is like, yeah. oh, that's just, that takes one person leaning too far on it by mistake and it's dead. Maybe. Yeah. Or it falling off the table and not disconnecting and then landing splat. Well, hopefully they thought of that. Yeah. Hopefully. See. Well, you'll you'll buy one, and I'll buy one, and we'll let everybody know. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Just like looking at it now. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Hopefully that moves enough where it 
makes it flexible and reduces the, the pressure and things like that from it. It could just be the rendering also. It's possible that it goes in deeper than it looks on their yeah. image here. It looks like it's kind of just floating there. Um, and it's possible that the groove that they have there for your phone to uh, live in or to rest in is actually somewhat of a support. I don't know. It doesn't look like it, but uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's got like a little lever on the back there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's a lot, all that new hardware coming out. Uh, next one is... No, relatively quick one uh, that forms settings are now a little bit easier to navigate. Uh, it it's actually it's, it's gonna be nice because yeah, the trying to figure out where all the settings were at with forms was always. I think it always took me about three or four tries, no matter how many how often <laughs> I used forms. Even I think today or the day before, I was using it and I was trying to figure out. All right, well, where's the menu to send it, and where's the settings menu? And I always get it mixed up, and it takes me a few times. So now settings is just gonna be right there at the top in your tabs where it has questions, responses, and then settings. Nice to uh, make it nice and easy to get to. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. They, and they always had certain settings in like they're one of the settings that I always use, I forget which one is in the quiz tab. And I'm like, that's not relevant to quizzes. Yeah. I'm not doing a quiz, yeah. but there it was. Ooh, well, so, let me, you know what, let me go back to our first uh, Google chat rooms now becoming spaces announcement. And for, we forgot to mention the rollout pace on that one and some details of that. Oh, right. So that, uh, you know, transition over to spaces is off, kind of happening on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for that visibility starting on the 8th of September. And uh, again, you know, going out to both rapid release and scheduled release domains and to all workspace, G Suite, basic and business customers. And I believe it was consumer as well. Uh, from what I recall. So it's coming to everyone uh, for that one. And then, Yeah, but is it all of the things they announced here coming to everyone? Because I keep hearing about this calling and they keep saying soon well, and this new design and they keep saying soon and yet we still don't have well, it. Don't so have so I'm curious. Yet, right? That's correct. Okay. I also don't have calling. Right. Well, I think once you get the design, hopefully you get the calling. We'll find out. Hopefully, but even in the bridging the hybrid work apps with Google Workspace uh, slash metadata enabling hybrid work with Google Workspace, in there it says coming soon. It doesn't mm. like it doesn't say rolling out in the coming weeks. It still says soon. Yeah, um, right. I think even at one point it said over the coming months. I'm trying to find where that was. Mm. Shoot. All right. Well, uh, when I find it, I'll shall, interrupt you yeah, again. We'll see. We'll see when that actually comes. Uh, but. I guess the move to spaces itself is going to be coming. Aha. Uh -huh. In the coming months, our users will see streamlined navigation, discoverable uh -huh. spaces, enhanced search, inline topic threading, uh -huh. and robust security and admin features. So uh -huh. all of the things snub. we just talked about, you may not see for a while right. because Google's being sly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or we could be totally wrong and they're currently rolling out. Uh, we'll it's let you probably going to take a while for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, and then on that hardware, you know, I think we talked about the, um, some different dates on the 27 and the 65, um, 27 is kind of available towards the end of the year. Uh, you know, David, Christmas. yeah, David talked a little bit about that going out to five or so very specific customers next week. Us. Uh, yeah, I wish it was us. <laughs> um, I think we'll hopefully get on that next phase. Uh, oh, uh, Google heard Google you. phone is hearing me. Yep. Um, I was not talking to you. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, so sorry if, if you thought I was talking to you. Um, and then the board 65, uh, towards the end of Q1 2022, 
some of those third-party devices certified for meat, like the Logitech Rally Bar and many in the Rally Bar for Google Meet. Uh, there's that webinar we talked about coming up on the 21st of September. And um, there's, you know, the the Rally Pro, which is going to be available on the 7th. It's going to be shipping on the 17th this month. You can put your pre-orders in now. Uh, so yeah, there's a few different dates on all of that. Um, and, uh, that's going to be available for, uh, you know, most of those workspace, uh, tiers not available. It talks about for some other, um, tiers, which I find a little bit weird. Like it's not available for this G Suite basic and business customers. It doesn't make any sense that this help, this article talks <laughs> about that because I mean, the hardware is definitely going to be available for your user on basic and business that use Google Meet. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that it's not going to be available for those <laughs> tiers. Not really. This hardware, folks. Come on, Google. Uh, something's wrong there in the availability section. So I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're talking about there. Um, I think they definitely got that one wrong. Um, all right, jumping back into the one that we were talking about: forms uh, split rollout on this one. So rapid release domains are getting that starting on the 8th of September on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. And then scheduled release domains going to start in about two days, depending when you're listening to this, on the 15th of September. And that one is also a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. And this is going to be available to all workspace, basic business customers, as well as personal Google accounts. So there you go. Uh, next, we have the ability to restore a page via version history in new Google Sites. So you can now basically just res restore a specific page for version history. And before you could only restore an entire site, and now you can do a specific page. So makes it a lot easier to. Uh, to work with sites, uh, given that, um, you know, it was kind of limited to the entire site before, and now you can target specific pages you want to restore, which is nice. And sorry, a little uh, congested there, sneezing and, uh, it's a little stuffed up. Um, rapid release domains are going to see this rolling out, uh, also starting on September 8th for this feature, gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility on that one. And then the scheduled release domains are going to see that starting on the 21st and a much quicker full rollout up to three days uh, for feature visibility on those scheduled release domains once that's available. And this one is coming out to all workspace and G Suite and consumer SKUs. So there we go. And next. Uh, Jesse, hopefully you're still listening. Uh, I say the magic word Google Classroom and you just like go silent. You uh, you turn your ears off. Uh, but yes, Google, nope, my ears are Google on. Classroom I'm activity. Uh, it's going to have some new audit logs so you can view adoption and other metrics in BigQuery activity logs. So this will give you some more insight into how your users or your students, teachers, whoever it is that you have leveraging classroom in your organization uh, are interacting with the classroom uh, application. And, you know, um, pretty straightforward in terms of where to get this. It's in your, uh, you know, your admin uh, section under reports and the audit logs. And then, of course, in BigQuery, if you're 
uh, creating any dashboards for that, you might want to you know, start to add some new custom dashboards for this new data and get some insight and visibility onto that. Uh, so for uh, for this rollout here, it is coming to both uh, the rep release and schedule release domains on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for that feature visibility starting on the 9th of September. And uh, there's a little bit of you know difference here. Of course, the classroom audit logs are going to be available to pretty much anyone that has uh, access to classroom. But then you have the BigQuery logs plus the Data Studio templates available to those Google Workspace Education Standard and Education Plus customers. Uh, it says it is not going to be available to Workspace Essentials, Business Starter, Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Essentials, or Enterprise uh, customers. Uh, so it looks like it is just those BigQuery logs and Data Studio templates are just going to be coming out to Workspace Education Standard and Education Plus customers, which I find a little bit weird. Like, why wouldn't they make that available for the enterprise business customers? But uh, alas, that is how they're doing it. So, um, yeah. So that's just going to be for those education domains, really, on that one. Uh, there is a Data Studio template, which looks really nice. Uh, too bad I can't use it because, I don't know, looks pretty good. Maybe they just think, you know, businesses aren't using Classroom that much. <laughs> well, they did roll it out for Classroom. I'm certainly not using it, but we have a different LMS. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I had... I had early access to Classroom for a couple of years before they launched it to business and we found it really useful. So I don't know. It's... Oh, well. Um, next on our updates, we have some new effects settings panel in Google Meet. And um, this is going to... Uh, I'm just trying to look and see here. Uh, just kind of a new side panel here for quick access to effects, uh, like the background blur and background images and all that uh, during the meeting. So it will just be a little bit easier to find and access that. Um, it's nice. Yeah. It's a streamlined, uh, more organized approach to the effects, background blur, backgrounds, etc. And a little tweak. This is, so yeah, this is just going to be. I think if you have access to your effects right now, uh, it'll change the style of it a bit, and that gives you a bit more of a green room setup. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. And that's going to be rolling out to those rapid release domains starting the 9th of September, and a gradual rollout up to 15 days for that feature visibility. Scheduled release domains are going to be starting on the 16th of September also on a 15-day gradual rollout for that visibility and available to all workspace customers as well as the basic and business ones. And the new material look is uh, going to give Google Workspace apps a new look and feel uh, for those on the Android devices. So some changes you'll notice on this is that you've got an updated navigation bar, some improved floating action buttons, and the use of the Google Sans text for better readability in smaller font sizes. So hmm. that'll be interesting. Um, it's a little font that 
Um, you sometimes will see if you are an admin, you've probably seen this because you have access to some of the documents Google has written in um, for their admins. Uh, you can copy and paste Google Sans from a document that Google uh, created and put it into yours, but you can't access Google Sans uh, without copying and paste it, pasting it into your document. So for anyone that is uh, you know, accessing the notes from the field documents, you'll notice that we, uh, well, me, I decided to use Google Sans in there, and uh, that's kind of the default uh, font for all those documents. Um, but yeah, in order to get those I like it. into docs, you've got to copy and paste it from a doc that has it uh, from Google that, you know, someone at Google had to have, uh, shared you a document that had that font embedded into it. And availability, uh, here just to, um, keep an eye out for the different versions you have. Uh, so we'll be on pixel devices with Android 12 or newer. We'll have the option to match those colors with your apps and device wallpaper, for kind of a more dynamic personalized look. And these changes are going to be available on the Gmail version 2021.08.24 and newer. I presume that that means um, August 24th release of Gmail of uh, this year. And there's some new meet uh, features there. Again, that version on that one is 2021.09.19. Google Drive, they like to, you know, change up the version uh, format a little bit. That's 2.21.330. And that was starting September 9th uh, over on the Google Docs Sheets and Slides application. Again, uh, it's kind of more similar to the Google Drive version format there. It's 1.21.324 and newer. And uh, finally, we have the Google Calendar, which is 2021.37 uh, version uh, for that one. So yeah, have a check on your apps to make sure you've got the most recent versions or versions after that. And uh, for those users on Android 12 and Pixel devices, you can view and select the themes based on wallpaper colors um, applied by going to settings and then wallpaper and style. And that's on a bit of an extended rollout for all those, uh, up to 15 days for visibility. And I've seen... I think what it took me a little while. Oh, um, recently, like the Pixel uh, Pixel Buds A talked about a new firmware coming out, and I finally got mine yesterday or the day before, and it's been about a week or so since they announced that, saying it was you know uh, rolled out uh, to consumers there. So uh, this might be a similar one where it takes a little while for it to finally hit your device, even if you have the app version um, that it's talking about there. Uh, yeah. I just realized it's been six years since I've used Android. Yeah. Should use it again. <laughs> well, I moved off of uh, Android for iPhone because that's what all of uh, the, the staff at the company I'm at are using. And uh, now it's starting to be more BYOD. But I, I mean, I like the Apple environment. I, I joked the last time I got a new iPhone, which was the 10s Max, so a couple of years ago already. And I'm planning on getting the 13 the second they announce it. Can't use um, that. But I joked that. I joked that uh, I just got the new iPhone. The first thing I did was download 27 Google apps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I use everything Google in an Apple environment. Right. And actually, I did hear a little bit through the grapevine that some of their Google, uh, um, 
what do you call it? The Google apps on the iPhone are actually superior than some of the Android ones. So perhaps I'm better off in that area um, or they get some features for there's features. There's features going out to one platform versus another sometimes. Um, But for the most part, from what I remember, more features come out on the Android than iOS, but there are some differences going both ways. Uh, but I think most of the features are on Android first, and then sometimes more features are just in general available on Android. I'm sure one day I'll get tempted enough and I'll swap the other direction and yeah. go completely Android. Yeah. Well, Pixel 6 is coming out. It's a good opportunity. <laughs> um, looking at the next update uh, is also uh, kind of in, in reference to iOS apps. So you can review presentations more quickly with the new viewing interface on Google Slides iOS app. So just um, some different ways that you can scroll through a vertical stream of slides, pinch to zoom, get a closer look on those, and then also easily switch between editing, presenting, or casting content. And... For those iOS users like yourself, Jesse, um, you should start to see that functionality already uh, for both those rapid release and schedule release domains. It uh, should be available to all users at the moment. And then last but not, not last but not least on the updates here, we have a new action in the security investigation tool called end meeting for all. And uh, that is just going to make it, as it sounds, uh, give the admin the ability to end the meeting for everyone. And you can end multiple meetings in your organization. So, you know, if you, uh, if you have a very special all-hands event and your CEO says, everyone stop their meetings, any meetings they're in, just stop, you know, no more meetings. You've got to come join, you know, listen to the keynote. Uh, you can actually do that now. You can go in your security investigation tool and literally cancel every meeting that's going on in the company. So uh, that's going to be uh, interesting there. Um, I wonder I wonder how many admins are going to go a little rogue and just stop every meeting going on in a, in a company and see what everyone says. <laughs> see if anyone notices. Yeah, see if anyone notices. Don't say anything. Just, uh, yeah, end all the meetings abruptly. Um, and you can set up rules to end meetings based on certain user actions. Uh, so... Um, so that's interesting. So you can admins can create a rule to automatically end a meeting when a user submits an abuse report, for example. So, so there's a little bit of a note here. It talks about uh, while all Google users uh, can end a meeting while inside a meeting, this feature is going to allow those Workspace Enterprise Plus Education Standard and Education Plus admins to end meetings from the security investigation tool. So, yeah. It is luckily so. This one is going to be both education as well as regular enterprise plus customers, um, and that kind of gets me into uh, in terms of the availability. It's going to be available to those three SKUs and uh, not available to anyone else. And in this article here, I know Kim mentioned in one of the communities that it was starting September thirteenth, but at least in the Google blog. Uh, workspace updates announcement article it says it actually starts september 10th on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility uh, on both those scheduled release and rapid release domains so maybe a little different maybe grab the screenshot from a different article i don't know um 
but yeah, this one is saying September 10th. So that's when that one's coming to everyone. And that wraps up all of our updates and all nine of them for this week, which was pretty extensive. And then not to mention a, uh, 45 minute interview. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing that we had talked about was that six ways to, um, you know, that G suite helps it admins safely use BYOD. Uh, that came from the, the future of work is here, uh, landing page, which, uh, we'll link to. And I found a, it. Yeah. There's a lot more information <laughs> there. That's, um, that's also really useful. So workspace.google.com forward slash the future of work, which is, um, separated with a little uh, hyphen between each of those four words so we'll include that link so you can uh, find a whole bunch more resources there that talk about uh, you know how just how workspace can uh, be leveraged so oof, I'm done talking you, you go Jesse <laughs> you need a break I mean, yeah geez. yeah <laughs> take some Sudafed. <laughs> That's all for this week, folks. Send us your questions and comments on Twitter at Workspace Recap and on our website, WorkspaceRecap.com. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review, if you would, on your favorite podcasting platform. We hope you enjoyed today's extra long episode. We're still trying to answer that question of whether or not people like super long or, or super short or somewhere in between. So hit us up on whatever platform you know how to find us on and, uh, and you know, give us a heads up. Let us know what you think. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on Workspace Recap. Yeah.